I'm Mitchell Vandenberg. And I'm David Scarlatescu. And welcome to Back to the Scene. A home for movie lovers that want to stay up to date on all things entertainment. Whether you're a super fan or a casual fan, we got you covered. We talk about a wide range of topics, including film, TV shows, and all things relevant to movie pop culture. So sit back, grab some popcorn, because we're about to get back to the scene. Thank you, everyone, for joining on this episode of the Back to the Scene. David, what are we going to talk about? Well, Mitchell has the, uh, the, the whole list here, and some I of it I'm going in blind. I set you up for failure. I, it's it's fine. It's fine. I was I was born set up for failure. So, okay. um, no, we've got a, a bit of a hidden topics list because some of the stuff I don't even know about. So I'm just going to react to it. I am shocked because like literally this fan. has been like in the news cycle for the past few days, like the headlines, like crazy. Right, but you know so, I'm a huge soccer fan, so all that matters I, yes. in my news right now is the World Cup, and that is it. So okay. <laughs> So two days ago, the Holly Reporter put on an exclusive article yep. saying, and the headline is, Patty Jenkins, one and three not moving forward as DC Movies hits turning point. Wow. So no Wonder Woman 3. Well, we'll get into what's going on here. but Oh, there's so, some deep-rooted drama. Yeah, I'm going to have to quote some of the article just so I get like the wording right so like there's no misinterpretation in the context of what's okay. going on. Um, but just some background. Um, you know that... Warner Brothers has been taken over by Discovery. Yes. And there's been new uh, CEOs in, uh, for DC Studios, which is James Gunn and Peter Safran are now the heads of DC Studios, basically the Kevin Feige, but for DC. Yep. And they've been basically mapping out the next 10 years of what DC Studios is going to look like, the roadmap. Yeah. So like the Marvel phase one, yeah. phase two, all that shit. Um, however, like, it's they're they're working on it right now. I think next week or something like that, they're gonna propose it to David Zaslav, the CEO of like what their plan is going forward. But anyway, referring to Wonder Woman three, basically, uh, let me let me find the exact spot in the article. But yeah, James and uh, James Gunn and Peter Saffron are expecting to meet with David Zaslav next week about what they're going to be doing with the uh, progress moving forward um, with DC Films and multiple sources telling the told the Hollywood Reporter that Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman three is not moving forward and is considered dead in its current incarnation. Does that mean that, did they already start filming this? No. It was, okay. So basically, I'll get it was in like the writing phase. Yeah. So okay. she. So sources say that Jenkins recently submitted her treatment, which is the screenplay. Uh, that was co-written by Jeff Johns. Um, and she, so she submitted it to uh, Warner Brothers and Gunn and Safran, as well as the Warner Brothers Pictures co-chairs, Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi. Oh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, <laughs> told Jenkins pretty much that as it stood, did not fit with the new, but still unfolding plans for DC Studios. What plans could possibly not include Wonder Woman? I know. Well, the thing is, we're going to jump into the another article that the rap came out afterwards of basically, they basically didn't like the script pretty much. They didn't like her direction of what she was doing with the movie. Um, so after so Wonder Woman's character is not necessarily scrapped, just the movie itself. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So like they told her they wanted, um, they asked, they didn't, they didn't like the script. Um, and they told Jenkins that, you know, she, they're going to give her another chance to like take another crack at it, take another stab. Um, but she was pretty adamant saying like, this is my vision kind of thing. I'm trying to pull up the exact quotes here. Um, according to one inside Jenkins refused to let the 
co-chairs of Warner Brothers films um, know that they're wrong and they didn't understand or didn't understand the character referring to Wonder Woman and didn't understand character arcs and wasn't understand what she was trying to do. Um, she also, to underscore her point, according to the first insider, Jenkins sent an email to DeLuca that ended with a link to Wikipedia definition of what a character arc is. Oh my goodness. So a little sassy. What is going on at Warner Brothers? <laughs> and apparently and DC. Gunn and Saffron uh, apparently didn't really like the script either, but Jenkins didn't want to hear what their feedback was at all. It was just like, this is what I want to do, and if you don't want to do it, that's it. So obviously this news is outrageous just reading it, but to play devil's advocate, does that mean that they have something better planned? Uh, well... Here's also like it goes into more detail of what is shaping up pretty much what it's looking like is they're basically closing the door on what was already previously established and rebooting it all kind of looks oh like. Oh my goodness. Again? Well, there's a technically the whole universe hasn't been rebooted before, but. Yeah, but they, they've just done so many versions of the same movies so many times. So basically we're scrapping all of the stuff. Did, weren't they, weren't they doing Man of Steel 2 as well? There was, they, they were looking at getting writers for it and wanting to move forward with it, but that was before, um, James Gunn and Peter Safran became the new chairs of DC. So films. basically everything that we know about the DC universe in the DC cinematic universe is basically getting scrapped at this point maybe we don't know it it's 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 looking like it. apparently like stuff like the, the henry cavill shot a cameo for the flash movie yeah but they're unsure if they're going to use it what about like black adam because henry cavill was in in black adam as well is black adam part of the stuff that is not going to be the new vision yeah i would say so probably this is just this is just mind-boggling at this point because there is one thing that really disappoint me, disappoints me about this, I have to say, is the, the casting that they had was really good in a lot of places, in my opinion. I just think the writing and the execution was sloppy. So it just makes me sad because you got somebody like Henry Cavill, who in my opinion is almost the perfect Superman. Gal Gadot did a phenomenal Wonder Woman. And, I mean, Ben Affleck's batman left something on the table but i mean still not bad i don't know it's just recasting everybody too if you're gonna redo everything yeah um the thing is it's like also we gotta look at it like where you go from here because like we already have two wonder woman movies presumably like want to get a third one done like i mean but like usually three films for the most part that's, That's pretty much true. they're done. Pretty much like like as unless an you're Thor, yeah, or Tom Holland, most likely. Like let's be honest. Well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, once you hit the kind of three movies in that trilogy, also too, they think about it like the actor is going to like we're in the twenty millions of dollars per film that they're going to be asking yeah. for, so it's going to be a lot more expensive. Especially if they're rebooting, they need to reboot like a Marvel like iron man one kind of phase where everyone is kind of cheap and they can develop those actors over time yeah like well like i think i remember reading an article i don't remember uh exactly but it's around like for example spider-man toby mcguire made he's kind of the exception but he made a couple million for the first spider movie and then like significantly more for the second i think by the spider-man 3 he was making around 17 to 20 million dollars on spider-man 3 however when they rebooted it and Andrew Garfield uh, took over for The Amazing Spider-Man 1, he only made like 
I think it was around like 500,000 for the first one. And then the second one, I think it was just he made a million. And then Tom Holland, the exact same thing. Talk about underrated, though. Like, (laughs) it is really good to see Andrew Garfield finally getting the love that I think he deserves. Because those movies are, in my opinion, completely unfairly shat on. They deserve way better. <laughs> I like how we just started talking about Spider-Man. We really should be talking about DC. I well, know. I mean, I know. But <laughs> for those for those of you that are listening and not watching, I literally pointed Spider-Man out all the Bro. Spider-Man swag on our table right now. Um, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. So like, I mean, when you think about it too, the first DCEU film came out in 2013, which is almost 10 years ago. Really? 2013, yeah. June that was what, Man of Steel? Yep. Wow. Does not feel like that long ago, but yeah, I guess you're right. You know what? Let's look at things with an open mind then. Uh, it's been, it's been a good ride. I think that the, I think that this fresh start kind of new look could be a good thing then after discussing it more. Plus also too, sorry to cut you off, but like, no, of course. What? This like unlike Marvel, where usually there's some kind of like cohesive story arc that's building to something. What's the DC universe? They, really they never did. Like, I mean, there's the Dark Seed thing no, that was going to happen, but that but, was Zack Snyder's. Yeah. When they actually came out with the Justice League movie, Dark Side was not even in it at all. Yeah, I know. And is it Dark Seed? Dark Side? I think it's Dark Side. Okay. Seed? Anyways, I don't know. I'll interchange. It's spelled it. Seed. It's pronounced Side. When Anyways. when Thanos before there was like left in the post screen post credit scene, the first Avengers, people kept like saying it like mispronouncing it like completely different ways. Thanos. 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 The yeah, it was. Uh, you those. don't know because it's written in a comic, yeah. so you don't know how it was meant to be pronounced until it comes on screen. Rachel Ghoul. Razel Ghoul. Razel Ghoul. Yeah. But, but no, you're you're right because at the end of the day, we didn't see Dark Side until we saw the Snyder Cut. Yeah. And. You're right. I honestly, I was so disappointed in Justice League because I really felt like it was just DC's crying effort to keep up with Marvel and just rush out a team-up movie when it just was not ready. It was absolutely not ready. And there was a reason that Snyder's cut was four hours long. is because they had so much character development left to do. Like, seriously. Like, yeah, that, that two hours should have been just character development, which it was in the Snyder cut. Yeah, I guess so. There's some stuff I noticed in the Snyder shut cut that could have been cut out, like the singing woman when Aquaman was going to the water. That needed been that needed to go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> is the Snyder cut. So anyway, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think at the at the end of the day, maybe maybe a scrap is the best way to start start fresh, do everything new, and and like you said, kind of build out to something and realize that good things will take time and they can't just rush out these movies to try and keep up with Marvel. If they want to make a cinematic universe that people care about, then they need to make really good individual movies before bringing together a team up. Cause I mean, we look at Marvel, they had Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, uh, Captain America, Thor, and then they brought in Avengers teasing little tidbits all along the way. Right? Was there another one in there? No, that was it. That was it. I do feel like it is possible to make a team-up movie first. It's possible. Um, like Guardians of the Galaxy is a team-up movie. You don't need a separate movie for them. Everyone already knows the characters anyway. See, and I didn't though. Like in the first, in the first Guardians movie, they character developed it really well. So 
but again, like, is, they could done well. Like not, I mean, a, like, not a team up, a team up movie with like potentially small groups. But could do you honestly think that if they made the Avengers first before they made the individual Iron Man, Hulk, Captain well, America, is, and Thor, do you think thing that if is they made with the Avengers, that's a little different? Is there's no one new? I think Hulk was like the only like wide known character. Where everyone knows who Batman is, everyone knows who Superman is, everyone knows who Wonder Woman is, Aquaman. To a degree, you could argue that everyone knew who the other ones were almost too, right? Eh, before before the solo movies came out, no. <laughs> no. But Not- again, again though, again. Do you think that Avengers would have been as widely successful as it without, was without the build without up of the, the five solo movies? films ahead of time? Probably not, no. So but that, was a, that was a different time too. So if you're James Gunn though, looking at the future of the DC cinematic universe and you're thinking, okay, what is the best way to make this successful? If I was to do it, I personally just like solo movies first because I like origin stories. That's me. But like if some, if it was, I was, you dislike or you do like, I do like, you do like origin stories and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But that being said, I mean, like, it's not the worst idea. If you do it well, like a Justice League movie first, you could do that. It's, I, I, I just think that you that is the, it. I think that that is the epitome of what has gotten, gone wrong in DC's cinematic universe. I don't know, but for what if the movie's decade. great though? Yeah, but how do you make a movie that's great with a team up movie? You have to make it good in a way that people care about the characters because there's like a history built up behind. That's what makes movies so great. Why do you think Avengers Endgame was one of the greatest cinematic experiences of all time? Because it was built up to care about all those characters to the degree that we did, as opposed to just throwing That's it true, into a movie. But right that away. being said, if a movie's still a good movie and it does have well balanced characters, like I mean, there'll be more than one Justice League movie. I yeah. still think you can do a Justice League movie first if you want to. I would prefer to do the solo stuff, but you can. And if it's done well, we got a great Justice League movie. Yeah. You can do it. It's not the way I would do it, but you can do it. I wouldn't be bothered if they did that. But they'll probably the thing is, oh like well bat like the Batman, by the way, and like the Joker movie sequel, those are com- apparently s- they're safe from what's going on. Are they also safe from like they're not even being affect like they're not actually part of the future DCU or it's not even decided yet? We could have Robert Pattinson be Tony Stark, basically. As of right Robert now. I'm pretty sure they're separate. They're separate. Okay. I don't know. It could change, but that's just, but again, this is where the line gets blurry too. Cause it's like, you have such a successful movie, like the Batman and the Joker, and you're going to leave those separate and try to do something else. And this is where the, the lines get blurry and they're so confusing because for Marvel, the only efforts before were a really shitty Captain America movie back in, when was that? The 70s, 80s, 90s? Uh, 90s. There was two, actually. So, like, a really bad effort there. A Spider-Man series that was iconic that they didn't touch because oh. they're not going to be... Oh, like, the 70s one? What? It's the Amazing Spider-Man from the 70s, 1970s? No, live action. Come on. Oh, I thought we talking about, like, the old Marvel stuff. That, the, I am, but all old like Marvel cinema. Howard the Duck. That oh was a theatrical goodness. film. George Lucas. Have you seen Howard the Duck? But they haven't. I see my the point like is five apart, times. apart from Spider Man because of the Sony X Men. Sony. Uh, did, ha, 
have they redone X-Men though? It's all been kind of part of one universe still. They haven't redone the characters. They recasted because it was younger versions, yeah. but they didn't recast the same way that like Batman has been like four different characters and Superman has been how many different ones. And actually Batman's been more than four. What am I even talking about? It's oh. like six or seven different Batmans. Well, let's it? count. Should we do a count? Yeah, let's do a count. Okay. okay. We got um, Lewis Counting Wilson. The- Robert Who the hell Dowdy? is Moose Wilson? Ta- I think it's Lewis Wilson, yeah, and then Robert Oh, Dowdy. Lewis, I thought you said Moose. No. I was like... <laughs> I'm talking like the, the original 1940s Batman serials. Okay. So those two, and then Adam West. Yep. Then we had Michael Keaton. Yep. Uh, Kevin Conroy voiced him in the theatrical film Batman Mask of the Phantasm that everyone forgets about. Okay, let's, let's stick to live action only. Okay, fine. <laughs> Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney. George Clooney, yeah. Uh, then Christian Bale. Ben Affleck, Robert Pattinson. So that's, that's nine. You want nine Batman. Unless you want to count Will Arnett, who voiced him in Lego Batman. Again, live action only. Live action only. There's been nine Batmans. Like, how do you reboot a character so many times? I know he's iconic and everything, but at what point? At one point, you almost need to stick to the story arc. And if you're going to do stuff, do it in a way where it's kind of like prequel stuff. Like, honestly, the way I see Robert Pound- Robert Pattinson's... I was about to say Robert Pounty Jr. Uh, Robert Where did that Pat- come from? <laughs> I don't know. Robert Pattinson's Batman, I see him almost as like a prequel Batman. Like, they could totally reboot... They could totally use that Batman... Like in the Rob- future? Robert Pattinson is. Absolutely. And basically... Because Robert Pattinson is not super young, but he they made him look like a teenager in that. So they could, in the Batman, yeah, <laughs> a teenager. Not like a, okay, sorry, young adult. Maybe I would you're say right. like twenty, mid twenties. Yeah, I'm assuming yeah. as well. Yeah, no, you're is, right. So. You're right. Sorry, I, I refer because I'm I'm 25 and I look like a teenager. Still refer so as a teenager. Um, well, we were just in a movie where we play teenagers. So. That's true. Yeah. Um. But yeah, basically. I don't know. I think he could absolutely be a prequel Batman that maybe they age up and use him in a different style film for maybe some of the future stuff that they're going with. But yeah, I think they need to stick to a single story arc rather than constantly trying to reboot things. And then when it fails, uh, just like rebooting it again and thinking that that's going to fix it. The problem I have with DC though, and this has nothing to do with the movies, it's just frankly the comics Everyone's just too OP. They're just way too overpowered. Like Marvel, at least you feel like there's some human element. Well, I think that's just some due of the to characters. Stan Lee creating them. Because like Stan Lee created all the Marvel characters after the Justice League, all the main Justice League characters were created. Yeah. And basically his goal is try to humanize them and make them more have human problems. Yeah. It was kind of like his. And I, and I think that's, and I think that's actually the deep rooted reason why Marvel has been more successful on the screen than stronger DC. characters, stronger character development, but stronger relatable characters. You know, like when I sit there and watch Black Adam, there is nothing relatable about that movie whatsoever, except for the kid. Oh, oh but at the same mm. time, like a <laughs> little sloppy, but again, that's a whole other conversation. Then again, that's the only relatable part. I mean, everyone's just a god. Literally, everyone's just a god. Except for one, Batman. Yes. And I think that's why Batman's <laughs> Works been so well. successful, the most successful potentially out of all of them. Well, the it's, it's debatable that between Batman and Spider-Man being like the greatest superhero of all time, 
they honestly like fluctuate like in terms yeah. of media franchise, which one is higher than the other. Well, from a box office and like, probably merch, talking, merch yeah, perspective, it's very yeah. clear that Spider-Man is a winner, in my opinion. I think last time I saw it was like two years ago that Batman was just a little bit above. But yeah, honestly, really. with the No Way Home and the Batman, it's they fluctuate all the time. And I mean, this is coming from a guy who loves Nolan and what he's done. So take nothing away from that. But frankly, you take you take Nolan's Batman out of it, and it's not even close, in my opinion. You take Nolan's trilogy out of the equation, and it is not even close. Spider-Man is heads and shoulders above. Oh, we're, we're just talking about the movies. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that kind of feels like without those movies, then you have like a solid like 16, 17 years with no Batman on the screen. <laughs> so it's kind of like a bit of an advantage. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, well... We're on the DC train a little bit too long. Let's move on to the next topic. Okay, then let's talk about Ghostbusters. What about Ghostbusters? Have you seen the original film? I haven't seen any Ghostbusters ever. Okay, so news broke this week that we got a new director for Ghostbusters 4. Um, doesn't have a title yet, but it's a sequel okay. to Ghostbusters Afterlife, which you also haven't seen. Um, but honestly, okay, I kid you not, if Spider-Man No Way Home didn't come out last year, Ghostbusters Afterlife would have been my favorite movie of the year. Really? By far. Above Top Gun Maverick? Last year, 2021. Oh, last year. Okay. Because Ghostbusters Afterlife came out. That's right, because No Way Home came out in December. Yeah. Okay. It carried over, so that's why I get confused. All right. So Ghostbusters Afterlife, better or best movie of the year, excluding Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes, for me personally. Okay. Dude, well, also, like, Ghostbusters is one of my favorite movies of all time. So that kind of so what's, what's What is the order, if I have to watch Ghostbusters, what is the order you would suggest doing it? Like Ghostbusters, and, and again, Ghostbusters remember, 2, and wait, then wait, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Wait, wait, wait. So, so we're, speaking to the, we're speaking to the casual fans like myself, not the super yep. fans. So basically, imagine somebody's never seen it. They've just heard of it, and then they maybe know, like, a bit of the theme song or whatever it yep. is. Ghostbusters. Okay. Did you know it's actually a ripoff from Huey Lewis? Well, who was Huey Lewis? Uh, never mind. Well, Back to the Futures. He did wrote the main theme for Back to the Future. Oh, really? Yeah. But like with Ghostbusters, uh, they wanted Huey Lewis to do the theme, and he's like, "Nah, I don't want to." Then they got Ray Parker Jr. to come, and he's like, "There." He's like, "Make it sound like Huey Lewis," and basically, Ray Parker Jr. ripped off the Ghostbusters theme from one of Huey Lewis's songs, and then Huey Lewis like sued over it and won anyway. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> That's good. That's cool that he like actually went through with it and won. Like that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. But like, what do you when you when you listen? I think it's I think it's the songs like "Love Is a New Drug" or something like that. You hear that theme and you hear the Ghostbusters theme. You're like, yeah, that is hundred percent ripped off. We'll have to splice that for like a YouTube short or something. You find the song and then right, play, play with the Ghostbusters. Yep. Um, okay. So anyway, casual order. fan in order. I know you already like rambled it and I interrupted while you were saying, but let's do it clearly. It's really easy. Okay. <laughs> Ghostbusters. The original. Yep. Ghostbusters 2. And then Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay, not the not the remake with the with the um it's, the female cast. It's a remake that you don't need to watch. It's like its own separate universe thing. That's okay. completely irrelevant. But Ghostbusters Afterlife is relevant to the originals? Ghostbusters Afterlife is a sequel. Really? So yeah. it's basically like Ghostbusters 3 almost. Essentially, yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to add that to the marathon. I mean, I've already seen Back to the Future. Jurassic Park's going to come at some point here. Ghostbusters mm. in there as well. But yeah, so they got a new director, uh, Gil Keenan. I okay. believe is how you pronounce his last name. Um, he was the write, co-writer of the 
Ghostbusters Afterlife with Jason Reitman. Um, and I'm not sure if you know this, but the director of the third movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Jason Reitman, he's the son of the original director of the first two. Oh. So, and his dad helped like oversee, like watch his son direct the third movie and it's kind of helped him out. So it's kind of like a father son duo doing Ghostbusters Afterlife. Doesn't that just warm the heart? And then his dad just passed away a couple months ago. And we had to kill him. <laughs> no so yeah, intended. but like Jason Raymond wrote the script with Gil Keen for the third one and the fourth one. But this time, instead of Jason Raymond directing, Gil Keenan is going to direct it. But wow. Paul Rudd's coming back. Carrie, I hope her last name, is like Cone, Coon. That's how, it's like C-O-O-N. Coon. Coon. That's how I would pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she's coming back and I'm assuming because she plays the mom I'm assuming the two kids are going to come back as well Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things and McKenna Grace exciting okay Ghostbusters Marathon in my near future yeah I've honestly oh god I've never seen been so excited to see like a bunch of old men come in like the <laughs> oh my goodness you did not just say that okay continue come back move, <laughs> shake it off move move on shake it off move on from your thoughts that came out really bad <laughs> Oh my god. So seeing the original cast come back is what you were. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Oh god, Mitchell. (laughs) This is gonna be a meme. This is gonna be a huge meme. Okay. Oh goodness. Okay. What is new in The Flash? Okay. So The Flash, they moved up the release date to now, instead of June 23rd, it's now June 16th. Wow. 2023. They moved it up a full week so we get to see it a week earlier. Yeah, I know. It's exciting. After being pushed <laughs> for like two years, we get a week up. early. Nice. Well, actually, oh, well, actually, okay. The Flash, the movie with Ezra Miller was announced, I think, two days after the Flash TV show. Or no, two, I think it was like the second episode of the Flash TV show came out back in 2014. So this movie has literally been in the works since 2014. That's wild. That's outrageous. Eight years. And I know like... I know obviously we had COVID, so it's been three years of kind of up in the air, but at the same time, you still scratch those three years. That's five years. Well, like with that movie, they have went through so many different directors and writers. It's not even funny. Well, and add all the Ezra Miller drama on top of that. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. So yeah. But it's coming out in June 2023. And I just want to talk about the month because that month is packed. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So in June 2023. Okay, Usually, by the way, like big temple releases, two weeks is usually a good like break between. This, is this from same studios or just different like studios? Well, they're different all, studios. They're two all weeks different apart. studios. They're all different studios. Well, that obviously explains it. So but, yeah, different but studios. Still, you want to still, do two you weeks still want to like if you're doing like big blockbuster films, you do want to separate at least like have a two week break, like a week where like well, it makes, it, ma- it makes sense because you're not competing as aggressively. Yeah. All the all the two week hype is gone, right? Yeah, yeah. So. For start off, I think it's June 2nd, Sony Pictures is releasing Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Very And there's going to be a trailer one. for that next week, which is going to be awesome. New stuff to Hopefully. talk about. I like it. Um, then the week after, June 9th, Transformers Rise of the Beast comes out. That's Super exciting. Paramount. Well. Yep. And then June 16th, we just talked about Warner Brothers with The Flash. Yep. And I think the week of the 23rd, I think it is, is I think, I think, I don't think there's anything big coming out that week. So it's a little, that's a little bit of a break, but immediately after on June 30th, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny by Disney. Wow. That is a month. 
So what you're saying is save some money in May because your bank account will be broken from all the theater trips. Because, I mean, these are not movies that you're going to probably see once. You're probably going to see them multiple times. And for those watching that are in Canada... Rack up your scene points. Rack up your scene points. Cineplex Club is definitely worth it for something Mm. like this. Or if you prefer to go to Landmark, Landmark has a Landmark Actress Club as well you can do. Okay. So sign up for your clubs, get your free movies, get your specialty price tickets, go to the Landmark, go to Cineplex as well. They're going to be playing at both of them. But yeah, definitely save some money in May because this month is going to be outrageous if you are a movie lover. Because I'm personally seeing all of these when they come out. Twice. At least. What what, what movie? Actually, which is their favorite, like most excited for out of all of them? Okay, yes. That's the first one. And then I have another question. Okay. Spider-Man. I'll cross Spider-Verse because it's Spider-Man. Transformers Rise of the Beast, and it's not even close. <laughs> the Seeing that trailer was bonkers. I can Honestly, Transformers, though, would be close number two. Yeah. No, I understand. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, but, like, Transformers Rise of the Beast. Like, we haven't had new Transformers content in years, and I am so hyped after seeing a trailer like that. It mm-hmm. does not look lame at all. It looks super dope. No. Secondly... What is the movie that you have seen the most amount of times in theaters and how many times have you seen it? And I'm talking just during its original release, not like when it comes out again and all that stuff. Oh, okay. Original release. Uh, Then that would be Spider-Man No Way Home. How many? I saw it four times and then when it was released, the No Fun Edition one more time. Okay. So five. Yeah. So I have a three-way tie. Um, I have a three-way tie for this one. So... First, obviously, No Way Home as well. I saw it three times, and then when it was re-released, I saw it again for that extra 10 minutes of joyous extra content. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Um, And then I saw Avengers Infinity War three times as well within like a week and a half. And then... I think I cried for like every single... (laughs) 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 Which is wild. But um, And then... This is going to surprise a lot of people because of how much hate the movie got. I saw The Last Jedi three times. Oh, wow. In theaters. <laughs> just people just kept inviting you? You just kept going Yeah. Back? Just enough people wanted to go see it. and not, I wanted to go opening night, but none of my friends could come and make it opening night. So I just went by myself. And then I met some people uh-huh. that I knew while I was there waiting in line and everything. And then after that, I had friends that could finally go and they wanted... They wanted to go as well, and I went two more times. Speaking of which, us off the. Did you, did you invite a bunch of friends to Avatar? Uh, yes. Okay, good. That makes sense. An an, ex, an insane amount of. Okay, that makes Avatar. that makes a lot of sense. Okay, because okay. I looked, I'm like, why is our entire row <laughs> blocked off? Did yeah, I've, I've, I I I may have invited like ten oh, people. Okay. <laughs> that's that's fine. Because I was just like looking, I'm like. Why would people just buy, like, the, the entire theater's, like, empty? Why would they buy all where we, we are? Anyway. So that yeah, makes I bought, sense. I, bought, okay. I, I told them where we were, too. I set yeah. up the tickets. But on top of that, too, what's funny is some of them don't want to sit that close. So some of them were like, oh, I'll get at least the row behind or something. But they still want to sit close enough to everyone. Okay, I don't think it's not that bad. Like, if you're in... It's a, not that it's bad. Not, if you're, you're not, it's like, it's not, you're not in the front row. You're like the, it's like you're the fourth row, technically. Yeah. So for those and in 3D, for those really listening good. and and for those watching, I guess. But basically, 
you obviously have like your row A, row B, row C, and all that stuff. And then you have like the very front seats that are not even lettered rows. They're just seats at the very front. We're not mm. sitting that close. We sit in row B off to the side where there's the handicap bar in front of you so that you have a place to put your feet and there's nobody in front of you. It's just a good spot to sit and you can still see the whole screen. The theater that we have is like, if you the way it's like set up with the seats like if you lean back too much you like bump into the person behind you yeah. so it's kind of like inconsiderate so it's kind of nice to like have a little bit more room to put your feet up yeah and not worry about oh i'm putting my feet up on somebody's chair or yeah. something like that and again if somebody's really tall in front of you you don't have to worry about them yeah. being there and I, also if people like put their phone like decide to scroll on freaking facebook most likely it's gonna happen behind you not in front of you because you're in the front yeah that was that was ridiculous i was i was in a theater in romania uh, during Avengers Endgame for that. And I, there was a guy that would pull out his phone and just scroll. And I was like, this is the biggest moment in cinematic history. And you're sitting there scrolling your phone. And at one point I just, I lost it. I just smacked him and like, oh my God. I was just like, stop. I need you to stop. Leave your phone away. And the movie was already in with Romanian subtitles and they turned the volume down so you could read easier. So it was already hard enough to follow. Oh my. You know what a good test is just like see if you're compatible with someone that you're dating is like go to the movies with them and like see how good their theater etiquette is. Yes. <laughs> that is a very important thing for me. That is a perfect test. That that is that is the test of of what kind of when a, what kind of person you're with. So speaking of which then, we probably none of us would be dating Peter if uh, <laughs> <laughs> Peter's another guy we work with in our company. He loves to talk during uh, during movies. movies. A lot, Peter. If you're watching this, we love you. Um, but stop ask. Stop telling me that you've been to the Brooklyn Bridge during <laughs> Spider Man No Way Home. I don't care. Um, no. So yeah. Anyways, I used to be a kind of middle towards the back of the theater, as close to the middle as possible. The most popular vanilla seat in movie theater history. And then I went to a few movies with Mitchell and I was like, you know what? This is actually way better. It's not that bad. Once you get used to it, it's just mm. significantly better. It's a significantly better experience. Mm. Honestly, I kind of have like different like seats I like to go into in like different theaters. Interesting. Like, I mean, our theater, that's obviously the spot um, just because of how like the seats are in the setup. But like um, the landmark in Kelowna, I kind of like, how to describe it kind of like front middle to the right or even like the side seats are pretty good um and then i haven't gone to the one in west Kelowna enough but i do kind of like the front there's kind of a similar spot to where we and go. then there's and then there's obviously like the cineplex in Kelowna where there's it's the a recliner, recliner. Seat, yeah but they don't always have the good movies there it's weird because i don't know like if they like decide that it's like too much competition with the landmark like the grand 10 so like the grand 10 mostly like the new release ones always go there and then it's kind of like ones that have already been on a lot a little while I kind of go to the cineplex or like the ones weird. that don't even make it to the big theaters like i saw yesterday it was called the movie where like everyone forgets who the beatles are oh, except yeah. for like that one guy and he resings all their songs and becomes famous but it, it's weird because it's such a good theater like i mean it's recliner seats you'd think that I they know. would want to put good movies in that also, when are they going to renovate our theater? We, For those that still don't know, we live in a really small town, about 60,000 people, and th we just have, I think we're the only Cineplex that doesn't have, like, D-Box or recliners or any upgrade package. We have 3D. We have 3D. Yes. <laughs> Slow clap. But no, it's, it's unbelievable. When are they going to renovate that and add something in there? Because... 
we have enough people that go to the theater in this bloody town. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there's smaller theaters that have better seats and stuff than us. I don't know. Anyways, it's a rant for another local, time. local politics off, off screen camera time. But, um, is that, is that it for the topics today? Um, yeah, that's it for the topics today. <laughs> Do we want me to rant about once upon a time in Hollywood? <laughs> sure. If you want to, <laughs> David just watched once upon a time on Hollywood. I saw it back when it came out because I, it was, um, I always, every year I watch every film that's nominated for best picture. Yep. And that was one of them. That was nominated for best picture. Yeah. Okay. It was with, I think, Ford v. Ferrari, Jojo Rabbit um, were also nominated. What won that year? Oh, it's Parasite. Parasite. Parasite won that Parasite. year. Yeah. I, I'm genuinely blown away at how much hype this movie received. I, I don't know how to say this, but the movie was awful. It was all over the place, sloppy, felt like... They could have done so much better with the plot. You made a great point about what was Margot Robbie's character even doing there. You hated the movie a lot more than I thought you did. I just, I, I don't understand. And then, I, like, I turned to my girlfriend, I was like, that was an awful movie. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, it's just Tarantino for you. I was like, why was it so, like, all over the place? Oh, that's Tarantino. Like, how many? Oh, I how did, How is that a cop out? Like, how is that an excuse? I, oh, I it's Tarantino. Right. So what? Because it's a big known director, it's okay for him to make shitty movies. I'm, I'm just curious though. Um, how many Quentin Tarantino movies have you seen? I don't know. Name a few, and I'll tell you. Uh, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Django Unchained, Kill Bill Volume One and Two. None. Okay, so. That was my first Tarantino? Shit, I totally thought... Oh, you know what? I think I mix them with Scorsese every now and then. That's a weird thing to mix up. I don't know. They both have kind of like ethnic names. Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino. I don't know. I feel like Quentin Tarantino is a little more... Oh, Death Proof is another one. Uh, I gotta watch more Tarantino then. But anyways, I thought it was... Everyone's like, oh, Tarantino, Tarantino's new movie. It was... It was like... I know. I, I watched it with my, with my dad. He, like I think halfway through the movie, he's just like, "Do we have to finish watching this?" I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yes. I don't like that was in theaters. No, it was at home. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, that's like, no, I must finish. I have to complete every single Oscar nominated film. I'm just like, I don't know, man. I don't know what the the hype was about that, and it had so much potential with big name actors. There was one really enjoyable scene, I think. And honestly, the movie actually didn't start off bad. I thought the movie started off really good and there were some good parts to it i was like oh this is gonna be like you know a decent story about how he tries to come back into the movie business after you know he kind of falls off and he get, becomes a little washed out but i i don't know what they decided to do with that it just became a movie about hippies that want revenge like i just this is kind of not as focused well, it's just all over the place too and i, I remember turning to i remember turning to my girlfriend the whole time and thinking at what point is Margot Robbie's character and situation going to become relevant to this story? Because right now, all she's doing is she's just there. She's going and watching a movie. She got pregnant and she's by the pool and has people coming up. Like, what relevance does it have whatsoever? Yeah, I know. Like, it's supposed to be like, because like in real life, there's like the whole Sharon Tate murder thing where like those hippies came and actually they did kill her like in real life. And like this movie is like the climax um, 
basically it's like if these two care if brad pitts and leonardo dicaprio's characters exist how events would have turned out differently that shown in the movie but i mean that being said it just kind of feels like it's tagged on at the end not really coherent yeah. with the rest of the yeah story. no it was it was it was wild it it, it 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 attempted to do what parasite did i feel like with the with the zero to 100 but where i think parasite actually succeeded this one maybe didn't so well in my eyes but i will say the bruce lee scene was absolutely hilarious wasn't he really mad about that in real life when he watched the movie when bruce lee watched the movie <laughs> what bruce lee died like in the 70s bruce lee died in the 70s yeah death by mess adventure no one actually knows how because he's a martial artist and like you get hit and like way back then they just couldn't identify what he actually died from he just died one day so they classified his death by myth adventure misadventure he probably got hit in the head or something like that. Or okay, like then, I wasn't, then I wasn't. Then no I wasn't Bruce really Lee. Wow, that is a really bad moment for me on screen. But keep it in because I mean we won't cut Are it. You we got to keep it natural. Chan is what you're trying to think. Maybe I got him confused with Jackie Chan. Who knows? Jackie what was Chan's it? still around. Who knows what was in my head? Well, and I, I I thought I knew that. Okay, anyways, but Jackie Chan do some. Th- weren't there people that were upset watching that that they portrayed his, Bruce I think it was Lee daughter. so poorly? It was That's who daughter. it was. Yeah, it was somebody. I remember somebody was upset with how he was portrayed in that. Honestly, when I was watching, like, it's like, I, like when I heard the news and I read about him, like, I don't really like that. But when I watched him, I'm like, I didn't really have a problem with it. I thought it was kind of funny. Was he actually, like, a- an arrogant? asshole? An arrogant? I don't think so. Not from you what I've seen. So? Okay. Ah, it is what it is. It was based on... It was fictionalized, so, so it's like whatever. It is what it is. But have you seen? Well, like there's movies where like there's. Have you seen the, the movie Weird, the Weird Al Yankovic story? No, that movie. <laughs> it's 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 like a satire of musical biopics. So the yeah. movie itself is kind of like a parody almost. And like, if you want to talk about like creating fictionalized, off the wall kind of like caricatures of real life people, that's a good example. Okay, because like I don't, know, I won't go into it, but it's 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 it's, it's a pretty fun watch. I'll say okay. that. But anyway, um, that was the point about Bruce Lee. Have you seen any of the old Bruce Lee movies? No. You can borrow my 4K set. I have all of them. Of course you do. It's this amazing set by Criterion. Anyway, <laughs> we'll add it to the list. <laughs> Honestly, Busters, I, I Jurassic think, Park, Bruce Lee. I don't think that you would like them though. Yeah, because they're they're pretty old, and they're foreign. Except for Enter the Dragon is in English. Yeah, I mean, I would say if anyone, if you had to watch one, is like good, right? Oh, it's great. If you had to watch one, it would be Enter the Dragon. And actually, I think that was kind of the most fun plot. It's like a bunch of like champions around the world are brought to this private island to compete in this like rich guys like tournament, and then he finds out it's like game to the death kind of thing. Okay, tournament for the death. It's pretty cool. Well, it's like this classic martial arts story movie. Went off a huge tangent on that, but we'll we'll try we'll try that one then. On that note, rest in peace, Bruce Lee. Um, just found out 50 years later. Um, and thank you so much for watching another episode of Back to the Scene by Millennium Valley Productions, MVP. See you guys next time. And that is a wrap on this episode of Back to the Scene. Thanks for listening. It would mean the world to us if you left us a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you're listening. And if you guys want to reach out for anything, whether it's questions or ideas for the show, please make sure to hit us up. We'll have the email and all our socials in the description of this podcast.